0: My closest friend is darkness dreary, being cut off from the people of God, feeling overwhelmed and completely alone. This certainly would have been in the thoughts of the leper whom we meet today. Today we'll be reading from Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 16, and you'll be able to find that on page 1185 of your pew Bible. This is early in the ministry of Jesus Christ as he's traveling around and he has been preaching the good news of the gospel to everyone who will hear. He's in the region of Galilee for the first little while and he has just... Met with the first few of his disciples whom he has called to follow him. And then we come to Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. And it happened when he was in a certain city that he beheld a man who was full of leprosy. That, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and he implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, to be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed the word of God. The focus for today will be verse 13, the first part of verse 13 where we read, Jesus then put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed, and the leprosy left them. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, have you ever had the feeling, if people really knew what I carried around with me, they would never accept me? If they knew what I'm struggling with, they would probably keep their distance and look at me funny for the rest of my life. There can be times when we carry a weight of shame which no one else can see and yet it drags us down the most unexpected of moments. We begin to tell ourselves the lie that our sins and our other struggles make us worthless. You know, we might not literally be the picture of the leper. We might, literally, we might not literally have to shout to keep people at a distance like this poor leper in our passage was condemned to do for life by his disease. But we can certainly do this in other ways all the same. Because of what we tell ourselves, it can be easier to hold people at a distance, having our relationships colored by what we've experienced or by what we've done. And the question arises in our hearts, are we beyond redemption? Are we forever beyond restoration to God's people? Not too long before our passage today, Jesus had called four disciples to follow him. And if you're familiar with the passage, you may remember how he told Simon, who was called Peter, to throw his net over the other side of the boat in the middle of the day. They hadn't been so sure that it was a good idea, but they hadn't caught anything all night. But the miraculous haul of fish they'd taken causes Simon to fall down on his knees. He had been a fisherman all his life, and he knew divine power at work when he saw it. And in the face of divine power, he cried out, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Jesus tells him, Do not be afraid. Today, however, we run into someone who's in a much worse situation than Simon. This man is not the average man. This is someone who's got leprosy. Now, there were more skin diseases that fell under the Greek and Hebrew words that describe leprosy. It's not completely comparable to the leprosy that we think about Today, anything that turned the skin white and went deep enough to turn even the hair white was enough. Some you could recover from, but the really bad cases, it was pretty much a death sentence in the ancient world. If you truly had leprosy, you'd be a walking dead man. And as leprosy, in the fullest sense of the word, started to cover you, it would only be a matter of time before the disease led to infections which led to death. And the life you led was one of loneliness, isolation, abandonment. Today, however, we run into a leper who has a flutter of hope in his chest. Because this leper has found out that Jesus Christ is near. Beloved of God, here again today witnessing the faith of a man full of leprosy, we are reminded under the following theme and points of these words of Jesus Christ. Christ says, I am willing, be cleansed. We will see first of all the life of the unclean, second the cry of the unclean, and third, our Lord who makes clean. The man who we're introduced to today seems to have been one of these cases that was without hope of recovery. We read that he didn't just have a spot of leprosy on him, but he was full of leprosy. The disease had progressed to fill his whole body. Now, on the simple physical level, this was something that was incredibly painful. Leprosy causes open sores to stand out on your skin. And as the leper in our passage was full of leprosy, he would have been covered in these Painful, oozing sores all over his entire body. But it wasn't just painful physically, it was painful on a spiritual level as well. He was considered unclean because of his disease, according to the law. God used uncleanness before his people as a living picture of what sin was like its contagious nature and its tendency to get people alone and cut off from the rest of God's people, this is what sin does. There were many ways in which you could become unclean, but for most of them you could find a way to become cleansed again. For this leper, however, it looked like there would be no return. He would essentially be treated like a living corpse for the rest of his life. Anybody who even came near to him to touch him, to help him, to bring food to him, would have to leave and be cleansed from their contact with him all over again. Unless he could find proof that the leprosy had left him, he had no hope of rejoining the people of God. And the way that it filled his whole body Humanly speaking, he had no hope of ever being restored. Being considered by the law as unclean, he wouldn't be able to join in with the celebrations. He wouldn't be able to go up to the temple and worship. He couldn't offer sacrifices of praise to God, sacrifices asking for forgiveness of sins before God. He'd be cut off from the religious life of the people of God. Year after year, he would be able to see the throngs of people going up to Jerusalem. Year after year, he would hear the call go out. And he would be constantly, painfully reminded of his spiritual isolation. Being unclean, he was forever a picture of what sin does. It hurts your relationship with the people of God, and it hurts your relationship with God. Every day that people saw him, it reminded them that if you held on to sin and you didn't repent, you were on the inside like this man was on the outside. Now, of course, being unclean, he was just a picture of what happened. He himself wasn't necessarily cut off from God. But for the person who was seeing him... It was a real reminder that if he personally held on to his sin instead of coming to repentance, he really was cut off from God. And on top of all of that, on top of the the pain, on top of the spiritual isolation, there would also be the physical isolation. The pain of being alone. Listen to these words from Leviticus for a moment. Leviticus 13, verses 45 to 46. Now, the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his lower face and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days that he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This was his life. This was what he would be condemned to for the remainder of his days. From the day that he was diagnosed with leprosy to the day that he died, no one would touch him or even come near to him. In fact, he had to cry out, unclean, unclean, just to make sure that people would keep their distance, that no one would actually come near to him and accidentally touch him. And his home would be in the Old Testament, outside of the camp, in the New Testament, outside of the city limits or the town limits, in the wilderness. He was condemned to wander, to live and to die utterly alone. Can you sympathize with this man, beloved? Feeling cut off from the people of God, walking through them but having it seem in your own mind perhaps, not literally, but having it seem like everyone keeps a radius of 10 feet or more living cut off from the people of God. There's never a place to call home. There's never a welcoming voice. There's never a warm embrace. There's never a deep sense of love. There's only ever and always utter aloneness. God's Word seems especially real to us in these days. When we hear the aching heart's cry, for example, of the psalmist in Psalm 88. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. The darkness is my closest friend. This would have been very real for the leper that joined the crowd around Jesus. As he's moving towards them, crying out, unclean, with the lower part of his face covered, and watching them all shrink away from him in horror. This would have been what was weighing on his heart as he comes into the presence of Jesus Christ himself. And the question that would weigh on his heart is, would Jesus be just like everyone else? Would Jesus join the crowd and shrinking away from this leper? Would he put distance between his perfect righteousness and the imperfection that is before him, fearing that he might be somehow tainted, he might be spoiled talking with them? You know, despite being raised as a carpenter, Jesus knew the word of God well. We know this from his time in the temple as a youth, asking questions among the people of, um, among the teachers of the law there. He would have understood more deeply this idea of significance around the whole un- idea of uncleanness better than any who were around him. Would he respond in the same way this leper would think? And this brings us to our second point, the cry of the unclean. The leper falls on his face in front of our perfect and pure Savior, Jesus Christ. He falls on his face in humble submission, and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What a remarkable act of faith. This man comes to Jesus. He comes into the city, which was in itself a risk. It wasn't unknown for people to drive out people like this if they saw them. He comes with only one thing on his mind. He comes with the confidence that if only he can make it to Jesus, everything will be okay. But what's more remarkable is not just that he comes to Jesus. And it's not just that he asks Jesus to heal him. That in itself would have been miraculous. But this leper says to Jesus, make me clean. He's not just interested in being healed. You would think that's the first priority of someone who's suffering as much as he is, full of pain and sores. I mean, think about it. I know that some of you have had the experience with chronic pain, whether it's your back or whether it's something else. Being covered in leprosy in the way that he was, he would have been covered in sores from top to bottom, constantly in pain every moment of the day. There is a moment when chronic pain becomes background noise. You're so used to it. But you know that it's always there, always living, limiting you in some way, never giving you a moment's rest. But relief from pain is not the first thing that's on his mind. The first thing that's on his mind is that he wants to be clean. Now you boys and girls might be wondering, obviously leprosy needs more than a bath to wash it away. If that's all he needed, then he would have done that a long time ago. What does he mean by wanting to be clean? Well if you wanted to be clean in the religious sense of the word. If you wanted to be clean, you had to go to the priest, and you had to prove that you were really free from that thing that made you unclean. And then you would have to offer a sacrifice before the Lord. And after the priest was done with you, then you could be said to be clean again. But you needed to prove that whatever it was that made you unclean, like in the case of this leper, you needed to prove that your skin was okay again, that you were healed again. And then you could join in with the people of God again. But being clean in that way was very important to this leper. Just like being unclean was a living picture of sin, To come to the temple and to offer sacrifices and to be declared clean again was a picture of being made right with God. You were allowed to return to the temple again. You were allowed to live with the people of God again. You could enjoy the rich blessings of fellowship with the people of God and even more. You could bring sacrifices again. You could enjoy this picture of fellowship with God again. So, what do we see here? This is this man's dearest wish. This is this man's dearest wish to become clean. He wants to be able to join with the people coming to the temple again. To say with the psalm writer in Psalm 122 as the people are going up together and singing, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Or in Psalm 84 verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere because he really believes it. He means it. He wants to be with God again. He wants to worship with God's people again. And only Jesus Christ can make this happen. And so despite the constant pain that he's in, his first wish is not just to have the pain removed. It's not just to be healed, but it is to be clean. Sometimes if we're dealing with something that's a constant pain or a constant struggle in our lives. All we can do is just hope for the day when it's gone, when it's over. Anxiety, chronic pain, depression, our situation in life, whatever else. But if there's no end in sight, we can really begin to lose hope because of it. What's our desire in the midst of this pain? Is it just to be rid of the pain? Is it just to be rid of what drags us down? Or do we fix our eyes on Jesus through it all? Praying that through this, Christ would work in His Spirit. Even through this pain, He would work through us, by His Spirit, making us clean. Each and every day, guiding us down that path of sanctification further and further, transforming us to be more and more into His image. Walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Maybe we are suffering through the consequences of our own sin. Is the only thing that we want to be freed from the consequences? Is the only thing we want to be freed from the pain? Or do we want to be clean? Would we be willing to continue in this pain if through it Jesus Christ continued to make us clean? Continued to transform us from day to day. As we carried our crosses and followed Him. Do we come to Jesus Christ for cleansing? Because if we are motivated by coming to Jesus Christ to be clean, to be set right with God, and to be able to glorify Him even through our pain and suffering, if He chooses to leave us in that, then we can say with the leper, if Jesus Christ is willing, I will be clean. Not just maybe I'll be clean, but I will be clean. He will teach us how to worship Him even in the midst of sorrow. And he shows us compassion, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And this brings us to our third point. The Lord hears when the leper cries out to him in his misery. But he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just take the time out of his day to speak with him. In our passage today, we see that Jesus Christ also brings comfort to the lost, Look at what he does before he heals the leper in our passage here today. He touches him. Even before he actually heals him, he shows his compassion and his love towards him. From the eyes of the people in that day, you just didn't do that. You don't touch someone who's unclean. You don't touch a leper. What, do you want to catch what he has? You would become unclean according to Jewish law if you touched someone like that. But Jesus shows the truth of who he is. Jesus shows the truth of the reason that he came down from heaven. Yes, there is imperfection before him. Yes, there is brokenness, there is pain, and there is sorrow. But Jesus came down not just to interact with those who had things all together. He didn't even just come for the average man like Simon Peter. Jesus did show love to them, and he called them to follow him, but he didn't just stop with them. He came out to reach those who were in their most desperate conditions. He came to restore those to himself. Beloved, what a Savior we have. How this this would have touched the leper's heart. The touch of Jesus Christ was quite possibly the first human touch that he had felt in years. Other people shrank from him. Other people ran away when he approached, calling out, unclean, unclean. And maybe he had this question in his heart that maybe Jesus, Jesus will run away in the same way. But no, he comes to Jesus, and instead of backing away, Jesus reaches out first and touches him. And instead of Christ becoming unclean, Instead of Christ becoming tainted by what this man is, by what this man has experienced, this man becomes clean. The fulfillment of Isaiah 53, surely he has borne our griefs, or as our translations have it, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. By his stripes we are healed. He showed his care towards his people as he reached out to them first. As he reached out to them in their broken estate. And as he made them clean. As Christ followers, beloved, are these the footsteps that we follow when we see people who are in this same broken situation, in the same broken estate? How do we approach those who are broken down by sin? How do we react to them in their situation? Is it our tendency to shrink away in fear from them? Fear that we might be tainted somehow, that we might be contaminated somehow? Or do we see the work that Jesus Christ has done, that Jesus Christ is capable of doing, that he has already done within our own hearts and within our own lives, that he can carry, and he does carry, our infirmities, our sorrows, our sins, and our weakness? Do we, instead of condemning direct their eyes to the only one who can heal, the only one who can save, Jesus Christ. When we run into those who confess to us with truly repentant hearts, and when they speak of the sin weighing them down, we don't always know what to say. When we run into those who have other situations with which they struggle, be it anxiety, depression, or chronic pain, we don't always know what to say. but we don't need to shrink away in fear. We don't need to shrink away. We can instead show the love, the patience and compassion of Christ to them. And though we ourselves might not have words or might not have fixing to offer them, we can point them to our Redeemer, the great Physician, who bears with us patiently, walking alongside as we together, together, Learn to glorify God wherever He's placed us. And above all, let's slowly, lovingly, and patiently work with them to restore them to fellowship. Because that's what Christ did, isn't it? Having cleansed the leper, what did He do? Did He say, go your own way? No, having cleansed the leper, He sent him to the priests so that they would confirm it. So that this poor leper, having been burdened for so long, could have his heart's desire to be worshiping God, to be free to worship God, and be restored again to the community of believers, to have this heart's desire realized. In Christ alone is this restoration possible. We have value in Him. And those who come to us, those who speak to us, have value in Him. Looking through his eyes, we're able to see the value in those around us, no matter how far the world around them has, no matter how far the world has moved away from him. Looking through his eyes, we're able to see this value. Because in him and in him alone, we're able to come home. We're able to come home we're able to find our perfect rest, our perfect cleansing, and our salvation in these beautiful words coming from the lips of Jesus Christ, I am willing, be cleansed, amen.